buyers versus sellers in a playoff spot for one or potentially for both that goes up in flames instead. The Central Division II, Winnipeg and Nashville, made a deadline player deal between the teams and meet head-to-head one more time, while both face Pacific Division Calgary, who also, if you were an advocate of strength of remaining schedule, are the team truly with the best mathematical chance. As for an emergency podcast, well, Winnipeg's own playoff hopes hit turbulence. It's that team's own fault for this now duo emergency pod that includes Nashville. Winnipeg's been well, bluntly awful, and now put themselves into a playoff battle to even make the playoffs. Meanwhile, despite trading key players and key injuries in Nashville, they continue to hold hope to catch the second wild card using top prospects and AHL injury replacement value players while having a bit of a seller's silly as Winnipeg buyers are buried within their own imploding situation. In a way, Winnipeg likes to be the underdog. Yet Nashville really is the underdog in this wildcard playoff push. And here we are as both teams and one final key head-to-head with a playoff wildcard spot hanging in the balance. That we're also going to throw some flames on because in fairness, Calgary's pathway to the playoffs exists as well. At the beginning of the year, all three of the teams I'm talking about expected to be playoff bound. Only one this year will be. One of the two markets, Winnipeg or Calgary, that added at the deadline will be more greatly disappointed and it's near referendum heights when it's a Canadian market on what went wrong at season's end than a national market and organization that were sellers and already have a softer landing regardless of whether they make the playoffs. Welcome to Central Division Hockey, the podcast. I'm your NHL outsider and Central Division expert, Tim Bigelow. This edition focuses on the Central Division teams, Winnipeg and Nashville, and the Western Conference final wildcard playoff spot hanging on a vine in the balance that Pacific Division Calgary also remains in the mix for. Winnipeg headed into Sunday, April 2nd's NHL schedule, held the final West Division wildcard spot, but the buffer holding it hardly exists as they do. There was more ground to cover game-wise with Nashville, and naturally it means Nashville's segment due to the game recaps runs longer. The last Winnipeg pod, Nashville's games in hand and point difference, meant Nashville had a time when they controlled their playoff destiny, albeit briefly, and that has swung back to Winnipeg's favor, but it's a narrow pendulum. Heck, a hockey stick plank that the remaining head-to-head game balances upon. The primary game recap is always put win or lose with the division team with the better record. Winnipeg is 4-3-0 since our last look, and the game stretch prior to this was record-wise worse. Now, 42-31-3-87 points, fourth in the Central Division in 76 games played, a 5.72 point percentage. Nashville in one fewer games played is three points back. Calgary in the same games played is two points back. The Winnipeg game recaps begin where we left off with the Jets' last Heading into the head-to-head meeting with Central Division rival Nashville. 
Nashville, Cody Glasses fly-by netside tip short side goal against his hometown team. Five minutes, 26 seconds into the game, open scoring on a double deflection as Philip Tomasino also tips the point shot by Cal Foote. one nothing Nashville after 20. That's followed by a scoreless second. Winnipeg's Nick Ehlers far side shelf blast goal from just above the dot. Six minutes, 17 seconds into the third ties it. Nashville quickly respond. Luke Evangelista's net front goal, 34 seconds after slid under Winnipeg goalie Connor Hellebuck on a soft cross slot pass from Tommy Novak restores Nashville's one goal lead till with nine minutes, 45 seconds left. Winnipeg Adam Lowry's top of the paint rebound tuck goal after his initial tip shot on Josh. Morrissey's point shot is stopped by Nashville goalie UC Soros. That evens the score, forcing overtime. Winnipeg's Neil Pionk's goal, 55 seconds into the extra time as he crashes the net to deposit the winner in the paint for the game-winning goal. Winnipeg 3-2 road overtime win over Divisional Nashville. Winnipeg 2 points. Nashville 1 point. Winnipeg goalie Hellebuck, 2 goals against 18 saves. Nashville goalie Soros, 3 goals against 31 saves. Winnipeg finishes up the second half of a division back-to-back. St. Louis's Kasperi Kapanen's net side deflection goal off the cycle four minutes, four seconds into the first open scoring. Off the rush, St. Louis's Robert Thomas's shot from the high danger slot denied by Winnipeg goalie Connor Hellbuck's glove save. Six minutes, 32 seconds in. Six minutes, 36 seconds in St. Louis defenseman Tory Krug goes after Winnipeg's Kevin Stenlin after St. Louis Nathan Walker's awkward collision with Stenlin. That is Walker's own fault and a non-penalty call. Krug loses his cool on the officials as he's assessed the extra two minutes of four and then gets two and a game added for his tantrum, giving Winnipeg a four-minute power play that Winnipeg fails to take advantage of. one nothing St. Louis lead after one. St. Louis goalie Winnipegger Joel Hofer has to exit in the second period for a skate repair issue that has goalie Thomas Grice come in four minutes 55 seconds into the second. The three minute 36 seconds of his playing time costs the St. Louis goalie Hofer a deserved shutout. NHL needs a rule change here. St. Louis's Walkers backdoor tap lifted goal off the rush 34 seconds past the game's midpoint on the cross crease feed from Justin Falk, the lone tally of the middle frame. 2 nothing. St. Louis through 2. With 8 minutes left in the third, it's St. Louis's Jacob Varana's breakaway 5-hole goal that completes the game scoring. Winnipeg out shoots St. Louis 34-17, while St. Louis goalie Hofer ends up with a shared shutout that really doesn't get credited to anybody with Thomas Grice. That statistically gives neither goalie a shutout. Hofer making 33 saves, allowing no goals. Grice, one save. Winnipeg, 3-0 road loss to Divisional St. Louis. Winnipeg, Nick Ehlers' initial breakaway shot is stopped by Arizona goalie Corral Vamelka. It's Ehlers' rebound blocker side lift a goal, 4 minutes 17 seconds into the first that opens scoring. Winnipeg's Adam Lowry's one-time low circle shorthanded goal, third shorty this year for Laos. A minute 33 seconds past the first midpoint on a two-on-one feed from the dot cross slot from Morgan Barron. 2 nothing Winnipeg after 20. After Arizona, Nick Schmaltz rings the far side post 
and out of his crease, Winnipeg goalie Connor Hellebuck reaches with the paddle of his stick to stop Arizona's Michael Kesselring from an open net net front goal two minutes 52 seconds into the second. A minute 46 seconds past the game's midpoint, Arizona's Barrett Hayton's top of the paint rebound backhand flip goal is the lone marker of the middle frame off the Arizona cycle. 2-1 Winnipeg through 40. A scoreless third. Winnipeg 2-1 home win over divisional Arizona. Arizona played with 11 forward 60 down one player for the whole game. Winnipeg goalie Connor Hellebuck 29 saves one goal against Arizona's Vamelka two goals against 23 saves. Winnipeg 0 for 6 on the power play. Anaheim open scoring with an off the cycle skated from the sidewall to the point through massive net front traffic seeing eye goal a minute 41 seconds past the first midpoint. That's answered by Winnipeg's Mason Appleton's backhand tuck of a loose rebound in the paint goal off the rush 45 seconds after. One all after one. Winnipeg's Kyle Connors off the rush tap-in goal as Anaheim goalie Lucas Dostal again gives a rebound off the initial shot with 6 minutes 15 seconds left in the second. That is the middle frame's only score. 2-1 Winnipeg through 2. 5 minutes 40 seconds into the third, and Anaheim center point blast. 5-hole power play goal ties it until Winnipeg's Adam Lowry's net front deflection goal on the sidewall pass from Brendan Dillon off the cycle with 9 minutes 13 seconds left ends up the game-winning goal. Winnipeg's Vladislav Nemestnikov puts it off the short side empty net post in close with a minute 1 seconds left. 3-2 Winnipeg. Road win, Winnipeg 33-20, shot on goal advantage. It's former Pred LA's Victor Arvidsson's far side goal from the top of the circle off NLA offensive zone faceoff win that opened scoring 1-0 LA after 20. An LA cross crease tap in short side power play goal 5 minutes 28 seconds into the second is matched late by Winnipeg's Pierre-Luc Dubois short side power play goal from the dot on a cross seam pass from the low circle by Kyle Connor. LA's Blake Lazach cheap shot on Winnipeg's Josh Morrissey away from the play gets him a match penalty and tossed deservedly with 5 minutes 50 seconds left in the second that gave Winnipeg the power play. 2-1 LA through 40. 27 seconds into the third, LA get a quick far side top of circle along the sidewall goal, and LA Arvidsson adds his second of the game, an empty net goal from the center ice sidewall with a minute 36 seconds left. Winnipeg, 4-1 road loss. Against the only playoff bound team guaranteed Winnipeg played during this stretch. San Jose opened scoring with a net front five-hole goal on a backhand pass from below the goal line, nine seconds to the first midpoint, just as a San Jose power play expires. Even strength goal, one nothing San Jose after one. Scoreless second where Manitoba-born San Jose goalie James Reimer reaches back for a paddle save to rob Winnipeg's Mason Appleton's low circle shot on a cross-seam pass from going into an open cage with three minutes, 41 seconds left in the second. Two minutes 23 seconds into the third, San Jose score an insurance net front five-hole tip goal as Winnipeg fail to clear the defensive zone and late San Jose seal it with a cross-seam low-circle power play goal by former Av San Jose's Martin Cote with two minutes, three seconds left. Winnipeg 41-30 shot and goal advantage in a 3-0 shutout road loss as San Jose goalie Reimer gets the shutout. Winnipeg was without time on ice leader defenseman Josh Morrissey for the Detroit game. 
once they return home. Saturday, Sportsnet Ken Weeb reported Winnipeg head coach Rick Bonus expected Morrissey to be available to play Sunday versus New Jersey. Winnipeg's Kyle Connors high tip short side goal on a point shot six minutes 56 seconds into the first open scoring. Winnipeg's Blake Wheeler's off the rush tap and goal going to the net on a cross crease pass from Nick Ehlers a minute 57 seconds past the first midpoint and Winnipeg's Mark Shifley's net side tap and goal with six minutes 26 seconds left in the first completes a three goal Winnipeg first period effort three nothing Winnipeg after 20 a minute 20 seconds into the second Winnipeg Dylan DeMello's short side high slot wrister goal off the cycle part of a two goal Winnipeg frame. Winnipeg's Nino Niederreiter stop up in the paint to tuck in his own rebound goal with 6 minutes 18 seconds left. The other marker, 5 nothing Winnipeg through 40. 5 minutes 7 seconds into the third, Winnipeg Nick Ehlers net front slot short side goal on a delayed Detroit penalty is followed by two Detroit goals in the back half of the third with 9 minutes 19 seconds left. Former Blue Detroit's David Perron short side power play goal off a Winnipeg defender from distance, his 20th of the year, and another Detroit in the paint rebound tap and goal 21 seconds after. 6-2 Winnipeg home win. Former Jets Detroit's Andrew Kopp returned to Winnipeg to play his former team. Other than the road loss to L.A., now that L.A. made a deadline investment and picked up a capable goalie, the other losses to below the playoff line San Jose and St. Louis can't happen for Winnipeg. And this narrative Winnipeg gets goalied has to stop too and be replaced by playing in the hard areas, not just when the playoffs start, leading up to them to make them. When the coach Rick Bonus is quoted after the San Jose game, some of these guys think they're giving us everything in their tank. They're dreaming, end quote. It's the stretch run and you're a team holding a playoff spot barely and you can't get motivated? Play the team system that gave you success to be near the top of the division? To have such a lousy second half and still have an opportunity to play in the postseason? That's not on the coach. Save for a handful of players, Winnipeg checked out on their compete level. And if you're surprised by the results... That's your own fault. The wins in this stretch, Nashville, Arizona, Anaheim, and Detroit, also don't deserve any hype. All except one was a one-goal game. You can listen to what Nashville's lineup looks like post-deadline by simply continuing to listen to this podcast further if you're a Winnipeg fan that actually cares about context. How Nashville got a point is a better question. Good goaltending aside, and Winnipeg in Connor Hellebuck have it, but Nashville's UC Searles goals saved above expected, which I'm telling you later, is at this point off the charts better than Helly's, admittedly. Here's the thing outside of that Winnipeg doesn't say for rookie Cole Perfetti have any notable regulars out of the lineup, except in these games played Josh Morrissey versus Detroit. Goal scoring in the power play of the special teams is tank worthy in the second half, given this Winnipeg lineup. That in part, as I said prior to the season starting, is the roster not being constructed properly. And that would make any coach have a challenge to set lines and find success. Bonus for a time still managed to do that. The effort level and motivation is the other missing Winnipeg team ingredient. Point is, if it were there and moral victories in a one loss out of 10 over a season, you can live with narrative, but not as an explanation for every team loss that the metrics and a winnometer said you deserve better in. 
Who cares? Talk about players who elevate in playoff time. Two of them, Mark Shifley, when not injured or suspended, being one. The Detroit game is his first goal in 10 games against teams Winnipeg ought to win against. At least the last seven of them, all teams below Winnipeg in the NHL standings, most below 500, and in missing the playoffs, we won't see that elevation Shifley has for playing meaningful games, except these regular season games are meaningful to be playing in the postseason, so Shifley should show up. As for PLD, for the Columbus playoff now folklore, eight goals in 26 games played over three seasons before joining the Jets. Seven Winnipeg playoff games in the 2020-21 to show since the trade, no goals, and he very likely isn't a Jet before he scores a postseason goal for Winnipeg, as he has yet to do. Going forward, the forward group roster construction needs either complementary centers or wingers for Kyle Connor and Nick Ehlers on the Jets' top two lines, one on each line. KC marketedly better with the soon-to-leave in free agency PLD than he is with Shifley as of late. And Ehlers game requires a unique skill set lost when center Paul Statsny left before the season began. Here's who I do feel for of this Winnipeg core. Long-tenured, Vesna-winning goalie Connor Hellebuck. Defenseman, Josh Morrissey, and forward, Adam Lowry. All committed to being a Winnipeg long-term and had a GM incapable of building a team around them. That trio is the heart of Winnipeg's team. But there's a lot of passengers, and has been over the years, and the key needed contributors that have Winnipeg 4-3-0 while giving the team directly behind them a point to play catch-up in this stretch doesn't deserve a taste of the playoffs this year. And Winnipeg's path is a pair of regulation wins at home over Nashville and Calgary, probably combined with a Nashville win over Calgary, as we talk about how easily the Flames play out, strength the schedule is. However, Winnipeg should have a 6-1-0 record through the stretch we are covering now that would have locked them into the playoffs already. Winnipeg simply didn't. And yes, Winnipeg has the first tiebreaker, regulation wins. There's enough games to be played. Calgary and Nashville could catch Winnipeg in that tiebreaker still too. You know what isn't talked about to wrap this up? Is the impact of the off-quiet-spoken, hard-working top-six center, Brian Little, whose career was lost to friendly fire injury. He was a leader by example, full of character and heart that produced in big-time moments for this Winnipeg team while he was a part of it. That's a player Winnipeg could use right now. Winnipeg's division head-to-head record 16-7-0. Winnipeg has six games in April, four at home starting Sunday versus New Jersey, a game that may be in progress when this gets posted. The Calgary game Wednesday and just as pivotal divisional game versus Nashville Saturday, the final one between the teams. Winnipeg finishes with a game versus San Jose, who as bad for Bedard as San Jose are, beat Winnipeg twice this season. And if the homestand goes flat, Winnipeg finished the regular season on the road against playoff-bound divisional rivals Minnesota and Colorado, who are fighting for the division title and who have in the recent head-to-heads versus Winnipeg especially played well while winning them. 
Since our last look at Nashville, a 5-4-0 stretch out of the All-Star break to the deadline as we switch to look at the Predators. Nashville's inching closer to the playoffs, but it isn't so much Nashville playing all that much better, although I did break the games for Nashville prior to the division head-to-head game against Winnipeg that they played, while they still play one more. And prior to that is when Nashville did play good. It is largely due to how bad Winnipeg has played to open the Nashville playoff possibility up. The stretch we cover in this pod and since the head-to-head, Winnipeg-Nashville are trending even. So you'll see where that spot is. In fairness, the Nashville sellers can sell considering both injuries and traded player pieces occurred and they're still in a playoff battle. Nashville plays 8-6-2 hockey that from a 559 point percentage our last look is a near equal 560 point percentage this time. Nashville 38-29-8-84 points in 75 games. Nashville is three points back of Winnipeg with a game in hand. Nashville, though we see them move closer, haven't gone on an impressive win streak, but it feels more so because the gap between fourth and fifth spots in the central division did close as we expand upon as we talk the Predators. Since it's been longer since our last look at Nashville, we pick up from the March 4th games we left off at with more ground to cover. Firstly, prior to the Nashville versus Winnipeg game, that is where we left off with the Jets, Nashville went 4-2-2 headed into that key divisional head-to-head, and it's here Nashville made up ground in the standings. Secondly, let's recap the Nashville lineup going into this stretch. It's post-deadline. Forwards, there's no Nino Niederreiter. Tanner Janot and Michael Granlund and defenseman Matthias Ekholm are gone from trades. But Tyson Berry and Cal Foote were playable return defensemen. Also injured the entirety of this stretch still was top six forward Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, and rookie Yuso Parsonen. Defense regular Alex Carrier also injured. Here's the Nashville game recaps. 37 seconds into the first, Chicago set Jones. Goal, open scoring, driving the net and deflecting the pass on the three-on-two rush from the slot. Nashville's Philip Tomasino's top of paint, off the pad, rebound, power play goal, 24 seconds to the first midpoint, ties it at 1-0 after 1. It's newly acquired Nashville defenseman Tyson Berry's point shot goal, his first as a pred, off Chicago Philip Kershev's stick through net front traffic, that is the lone marker of the middle frame. 2-1 Nashville through 2. With 30 seconds left in the third, Nashville's Colton Sissons, empty net goal from center ice, closes out the scoring. Nashville 3-1, road divisional win over Chicago. Vancouver book ends the first with goals and off the rush far side shelf goal. Stop up wrister from the dot 4 minutes 28 seconds in. Open scoring 27 seconds after Nashville's Colton Sissons rebound backhanded top of the pink goal after Jeremy Lazan's point shot off the cycle goes off the short side post ties it. Six minutes later a Vancouver high tip far side goal off the cycle. 2-1 Vancouver after 20. Scoreless second. Former Blue Vancouver's Dakota Joshua's slot toe drag over the pad under the glove goal. Off the rush 5 minutes 43 seconds into the third has Nashville's Luke Evangelista's first NHL forehand tuck goal off a juicy off the rush rebound 2 minutes 48 seconds after. Followed by his second net front tip goal on a Tyson Berry point shot with 3 minutes 5 seconds left that ties the game at 3 after 60. OT 
themselves nothing due to Nashville goalie UC Saros. Nashville get the loser point in a 4-3 road shootout loss. Arizona's Brett Ritchie's fly-by slot five-hole tip goal on J.J. Moser's point shot off the cycle. A minute 15 seconds to the first midpoint open, scoring 1-0 Arizona after one, scoreless second. In the back half of the third, Arizona's Barrett Hayton's second effort top-of-the-paint rebound power play goal with eight minutes, 19 seconds left, is followed by Arizona Jack McBain's in the paint rebound goal off the cycle 49 seconds later. Nashville's Cody Glass, six-on-five net front scramble rebound goal with two minutes left ends arizona top prospect goalie ivan prosvitov shutout bid as he was a last minute call up to start his first game this season with the big club one goal against 39 saves prosvitov was equal to the saves of nashville goalie uc sorrows 39 saves with three goals against arizona's nick schmaltz adds an empty net goal from the sidewall just inside nashville's defensive zone blue line with 37 seconds left in the third Nashville 4-1 Divisional Road loss to Arizona. 26 seconds to the first midpoint, an L.A. off the cycle and deep pinch far side goal off of an offensive zone faceoff win open scoring. With 56 seconds left in the first, Nashville's Tommy Novak center point glove side power play goal through traffic off an offensive zone faceoff win ties it at one all after 20. Scoreless second and third with Roman Yossi's one-timer blast from the circle stop with 6 minutes 24 seconds left in the third is the best chance in the final frame. Scoreless overtime as well. Nashville win 2-1 on the road in a shootout. On the second night of a back-to-back, 59 seconds to the first midpoint, Nashville's Philip Tomasino on a give-and-go. Far post and in power play goal from the circle open scoring, Nashville's Tommy Novak's center slot blocker side shelf goal using an Anaheim defenseman as a screen with 6 minutes 20 seconds left in the first. Sees Anaheim get its first goal of the game 5-hole off a Nashville neutral zone turnover 2 minutes 4 seconds after. 2-1 Nashville after 1. Anaheim get the long goal of the middle frame as a short side shelf a zinger from the dot needs review as it goes in and out of the net so quickly. Two all through two. Nashville's Kiefer Sherwood's off the rush goal from below the goal line is redirected off former Jet Anaheim defenseman Nathan Beaulieu stick and off the back of the Anaheim keeper's mask and in for Sherwood's second goal of the year. A minute 47 seconds into the third. Sherwood's first was Nashville's and the NHL's first goal of the season back in the regular season opener. Nashville goalie UC Saros stretches to make a point-blank toe save on a rebound after a short side shot goes off the post. Four minutes seven seconds into the third. Nashville's Yakov Trenin's net front lifted goal off the cycle with six minutes 24 seconds left sees Anaheim score two. The first, a low circle six-on-five goal with two minutes 21 seconds left. The Anaheim game-tying goal, a net front 6-on-5 lifted rebound goal with 26 seconds left to force overtime. 4-all after 3. A minute 12 seconds into overtime, Nashville's Novak second goal of the game. Roof blocker finishing off a 2-on-0 with Tomasino for the OT winner. Nashville 5-4 OT road win. After a scoreless first, it's Nashville's Kiefer Sherwood's net front glove side goal off the forecheck on an along the goal line backhand sauce pass from Philip Tomasino that opened scoring 58 seconds past the game's midpoint for the lone goal of the middle frame and a Nashville 1-0 lead through 40. Two minutes, 22 seconds into the third, Nashville's Tommy Novak's net side tip. Short side roof goal off the cycle provides the insurance tally. A Detroit net front scramble in the paint off the skate and reviewed power play 
play goal with two minutes 16 seconds left in the third denies Nashville goalie UC Soros of a shutout one goal against 28 saves for juice former blue Detroit goalie Billy Huso makes 14 saves allowing two goals against Nashville 2-1 home win Eight minutes, 45 seconds left in the first. Nashville's Philip Tomasino can't get it through former Wild Chicago goalie Alex Stalock's wickets on a breakaway. With 47 seconds left in the first, Chicago's Lucas Reichel's 2-0 goal open scoring. The return crossing pass to Andreas Athanasiu goes off the diving back Nashville defenseman Dante Fabro's stick and his momentum after Nashville goalie UC Saro's initial save then has it go off of Fabro's leg and over the goal line while Fabro takes out Saros and the post off the peg. one nothing Chicago after one. Scoreless second, that was 6 minutes, 20 seconds left as Chicago goalie Stalock throw his stick and trip up a Nashville player behind the net. Nashville is awarded a penalty shot. Nashville's Matt DeShane over stick handles the attempt to fail to get off a good shot on goal on the penalty shot. Chicago's Joey Anderson's net side tap goal, a minute 59 seconds to the third's midpoint, is the insurance marker off the Chicago forced off the four check turnover behind the net on Nashville defenseman Roman Yossi. Nashville goalie Saros stops the breakaway forehand tuck attempt by Chicago's Athanasiu with four minutes 26 seconds left in the third off of a stretch pass. With 25 seconds left in the third, Nashville's Yossi six on five point blast goal through traffic and off of a Chicago's defender on route simply in Chicago goalie Stalock's shutout bid. One goal against 35 saves for Stalock while Nashville goalie UC Saros allows two goals against while making 19 saves. Nashville 2-1 home loss to divisional Chicago. Nashville's 3-2 home overtime loss to divisional Winnipeg was covered earlier in this podcast and Winnipeg segment in the Jets' first game recap. Captain Roman Yossi did not play after 10.06 time on ice. That was all in the first period and is also added to Nashville's notable injured roster group. So Nashville is without Yossi for the game recaps that follow. This stretch that follows for Nashville then is over the same timeline as Winnipeg's game recaps covered. To catch fully up on Nashville, they go 4-4-0 during this schedule recaps. A sixth spot of goals by the New York Rangers in the first as in Nashville played the second game on a back-to-back. 237 in, New York Ranger off the rush, glove side goal, number one, splitting the Nashville day up the middle. At 722, New York Rangers net side, cross crease goal, number two, off the cycle. Eight seconds shy of a minute later, New York Rangers one T goal three from the upper circle. 55 seconds later, New York Rangers short side two on one for goal number four. That ends Nashville goalie Kevin Lankinen's night, four goals against one save. New York Ranger blocker side wrister from distance, four on three goal for number five. A second after the first midpoint. Three minutes, 35 seconds after New York Ranger point shot, short side roof goal, number six. 58 seconds to the game's midpoint, New York Ranger net front rebound goal for their seventh off the cycle. The loss for either team after a scoreless third Nashville shutout in a 7-0 road loss with 22 shots on goal. Nashville's Philip Tomasino short side stop up goal on the Matt DeShane two on one feed a minute 45 seconds after the first midpoint open scoring. Nashville's DeShane's low circle off the cycle goal with a minute 17 seconds left in the first occurs as a play continues with Nashville possession even though from behind Cody Glass was plastered into the end boards prior. 
2-0 Nashville after 20. A Buffalo backhand net front chip rebound goal off the rush. Three minutes, 36 seconds into the second is answered quickly by Nashville's Tommy Novak's breakaway blocker side lifted goal 24 seconds after. Nashville's Matt Deshane scores off the rush four minutes, 53 seconds into the second, but the goal is waved off for offside. 33 seconds to the game's midpoint. Nashville's Luke Evangelista's short side shelf goal on a two-on-one with Novak is the first of two. The second goal, a second after the game's midpoint, Evangelista's second on a breakaway backhanded goal, 40 seconds apart. Nashville's Ryan McDonough skates into a far side goal from the circle with 408 left in the middle frame. That is the fourth straight Nashville goal of the second. Buffalo goalie Craig Anderson Knight ends at that point as he's pulled six goals against 14 saves. A Buffalo 5-on-3 blast power play goal from the dot with 2 minutes 43 seconds left in the second. Nashville 6-2 through 40. Teams trade goals in the third. Buffalo net front rebound goal. 7 minutes 45 seconds into the third. Off a Nashville defensive zone net front turnover. And Nashville's DeShane's empty net goal from between his own blue line and center ice line. For his second of the game with 2 minutes 23 seconds left. Nashville 7-3 road win. Seattle open scoring with a fake going behind the net from below the goal line to bank a goal off of Nashville goal UC Saros off the rush 2 minutes 28 seconds into the first one nothing Seattle after one. Nashville's Kiefer Sherwood's rebound goal from the dot off the initial high slot shot by Tyson Berry with 5 minutes 59 seconds left in the second is the lone middle frame goal one all through two. A scoreless third and overtime solves nothing with Nashville's Luke Evangelista's driving to the paint forehand top best chance in overtime with two minutes 17 seconds left stopped nashville pick up the shootout extra point in a 2-1 home shootout win seattle open scoring with a rebound in the paint goal off the rush going to the net three minutes 13 seconds into the first in the second game between the teams with a day off in between Former Pred, Seattle's Ellie Tovalin, short side power play goal from the top of the circle with 2 minutes 23 seconds left in the first, 2-0 Seattle after 20. Nashville, Tyson Berry's deep pinch net side rebound goal off the cycle, a minute 43 seconds into the second as teams trade goals in the middle frame with Seattle's Tovalin's goal for his second of the game and 17th goal of the season, intercepting Nashville goalie UC Saros clear while he's way out of his crease trying to prevent Seattle from a breakaway with 2 minutes 44 seconds left in the middle stanza. 3-1 Seattle through 40. In the third, Nashville's Matt Deshane's low circle short side tip goal, 53 seconds. Into the third, closes the gap, but Seattle closed out the contest by putting up four unanswered 3 minutes 37 seconds in. To the third, Seattle's first goal of the third on an off-the-rush D-pinch. A Seattle two-on-one turn, three-on-two, give-and-go goal. Four minutes, 36 seconds after. Another Seattle breakaway roof glove goal on a steal at the Nashville blue line a minute, 34 seconds later. And the fourth Seattle goal in a row on a net front scramble off a broken two-on-one play, 12 seconds shy of two minutes later. Nashville 7-2 home loss. Nashville goalie Cyrus tag for all seven goals against 32 saves, while former Av Seattle goalie Philip Grubauer made 14 saves two goals against Seattle outshooting Nashville 39 16 for the game 
On the second game of a back-to-back for Nashville, a Toronto bumper to slot short side power play goal with a minute 54 seconds left in the first open scoring. Nashville down 1-0 after one. Toronto gets the lone goal of the middle frame off the rush far side from the circle a minute two seconds into the second. Nashville goalie Kevin Lankinen makes a stellar glove save point blank on former Pred Toronto's Kelly Yarncroak with a minute 37 seconds left in the second. Nashville trail 2-0 through two. Nashville's Cody Glass's net front tip power play goal through traffic on Tyson Berry's point shot with 7 minutes 23 seconds left in the third gets Nashville on the scoreboard. A Toronto rebound power play goal on a point blast with 4 minutes 51 seconds left is followed by Nashville's Tyson Berry's 6 on 5 short side blast goal with a minute 42 seconds left in the third. Nashville 3-2 home loss. After the game versus the overhyped Canadian team, add Nashville forward Matt Deshane hand injury to the notable Predators out of the lineup. The Covington shooting in Nashville, Tennessee on Monday, March 27th occurs on the team's day off that tragically sees the Nashville community lose three nine-year-olds and three adult staffers. Nashville defenseman Ryan McDonough stayed in Nashville with his family after one of his daughters was in lockdown at a nearby school, and he said after Nashville played the game he wasn't on the team with, to quote, We felt like we needed to do our job the best we could and sacrifice and leave it all out there and try and bring an inspiration to the city of Nashville, end quote. Tuesday, Nashville was on the road in Boston versus the NHL's best record team. During a scoreless first, Nashville's Colton Sissons breakaway backhander going to the paint is stopped as he has sprung off a two-on-one four minutes, 37 seconds into the first shorthanded. Boston shorthanded nearly score, but Nashville's Luke Evangelista sticks away the puck about to cross the goal line away after going over Nashville goalie UC Saros' shoulder. Nashville's Cody Glasses spin and fire from the high center slot roof blocker side goal with a minute 49 seconds left in the second. Open scoring 1-0 Nashville through 40. Nashville Cole Smith adds an empty net goal as Jeremy Lazon's 175-foot shot with a minute 19 seconds left in the third goes off of Smith en route to the empty net. Boston spoil Nashville goalie UC Saros' shutout bid with two seconds left in the third on a bumper to slot spin six on five net side far side shelf off the cycle goal. Nashville goalie Saros one goal against 35 saves. Nashville 2-1 road win. Scoreless first only due to Nashville goalie UC Saros making three high-end stops on Pittsburgh players going to the paint and denying them. Finally, former Wild Pittsburgh Jason Zucker gets one past Saros. Annette side tap in goal, finishing a three-on-two with five minutes, 45 seconds left in the second. That is the lone tally of the middle frame. One-nothing Pittsburgh after two. Nashville's Philip Tomasino's breakaway forehand tuck is denied a minute, 12 seconds into the third's midpoint. A Pittsburgh backdoor tap in power play goal on a cross-crease pass with six minutes, 57 seconds left in the third provides the Penn's insurance while all Nashville's 28 shots on goal are stopped while Nashville goalie UC Searles allows two goals against, having made 43 saves. Nashville is shut out in a 2-0 road loss. Add defenseman Jeremy Lazon as the latest to the Nashville overfilled infirmary as he's listed with an undisclosed injury playing only 14 minutes 35 seconds time on ice versus Pittsburgh. That gives prospect defenseman Spencer Statsny, 23 years old, his chance at his first NHL game versus divisional St. Louis.
Nashville's Tommy Novak's slot backhanded short side shelf goal open scoring 4 minutes 46 seconds into the first. Nashville's Cody Glass's high slot tip power play goal in the soft spot in the St. Louis PK coverage comes 2 minutes 34 seconds after. Nashville's Cole Smith after a hit deemed trip on St. Louis's Samuel Blay with a retaliatory slash fight with 5 minutes 32 seconds left in the first. Nashville Smith gets an extra 2 minutes for a trip. Can't figure that out. 2 nothing Nashville after 20. Nashville's Colton Sissons over the pad under the blocker far side shorthanded goal on a 2 on 1 keep 7 minutes 36 seconds into the second and with 6 minutes 32 seconds left in the middle frame. Nashville's Luke Evangelista goes to the net to deposit a five-hole goal. Nashville Kiefer Sherwood's power play marker tap in the paint comes after Sherwood high sticks it down net front. St. Louis use a coach's challenge for a missed stoppage successfully to negate the tally. Nashville 4-0 through 40. St. Louis's Kelly Rosen's point shot wrister goal through traffic a minute 24 seconds to the third's midpoint ends Nashville goalie UC Saros's shutout bid. A minute 49 seconds after the third's midpoint, Nashville's Yakov Trenin's net side second effort rebound tuck goal off of St. Louis Colton Perenko's stick and skate in the crease and in the net as it's Pareko's initial cross-ice defensive zone pass, Trenin intercepts to set up his individual effort goal. Nashville's Philip Tomasino adds a late power play goal as he skates from the point to the low circle sidewall, throws it off of St. Louis defenseman Justin Falk's skate, and in short side with a minute 54 seconds left in the third, Nashville 6-1 home divisional win over St. Louis in Nashville's first home game after the Covenant school tragedy. My regular Nashville segment aptly dubbed for Elvis's classic hit, Love Me, Goaltender. Nashville goalie UC Soros started 13 of 16 games played covered and came in relief versus the New York Rangers to appear in 14 games. With the exception of the Seattle 7 goal against game, a 32 save night, and a 4 goal against Knight in Anaheim with 33 saves, Soros has allowed 3 goals or fewer in all the other games covered. Make no mistake as always has been the case, Juice gives Nashville the opportunity to win every night. Nashville shot on goal against are rarely under 30 per game, and that's been true most of the regular season, not just this more Milwaukee-infused post-deadline Preds roster. By pure volume, it's why at 1,934 shots faced, Saros has faced the NHL's most for an individual goalie this year. Only tire fire franchise Anaheim goalie John Gibson might have if he had played as many games with 22 less shots on goal against, but he's appeared in eight less games than Juice. Money Puck puts Sorrow second in the NHL at 40 in the valuable goal saved above expected category. That's 1.2 less than Boston goalie Linus Allmark, who ranks tops. Nashville backup goalie Kevin Lankinen, for perspective, ranks 18 at a 7.6 in way fewer games played as well. It's more than respectable, but it shows when Soros is in net, Nashville has increased chances of winning. Lankinen was 1-2-0 in his three starts. Soros, 
7-4-2 in his in the Nashville games covered. Trouble is, Nashville can't play Saros every game, and Nashville has two back-to-backs, one with travel left. Especially given the quality of the teams Nashville has to play to finish the regular season, you have to think Lincoln in plays minimally one more game because the last back-to-back at home, if it does have playoff implications, Nashville probably would play Saros at home versus divisional Minnesota and Colorado, even though it's back-to-back if there's a playoff berth on the line. Now, who of the Monday-Dallas-Tuesday home-to-Vegas game you play Lankinen in? No opinion, because good luck with that decision, Nashville coach John Hines. For everyone in the Nashville media that said it didn't matter that Roman Yossi, Ryan McDonough, and the now-departed one of my fave three Predators, Matthias Ekholm, were all left-handees. Here's a backhanded compliment. It does. And the balance after the deadline addition of Tyson Berry is that he is a right-hand defenseman. While I won't say individually losing Ekholm is a gain, I will say moving one of the three top four capable left-handy for a capable top four vet right-handy did fix the imbalance in the Nashville D group construction. For that, full marks to Nashville. The 24-year-old other trade deadline acquisition, Cal Foote, is also a right-handy. Meaningful NHL games. The injuries alone would be a built-in excuse for Nashville at this point. Never mind that Nashville traded away NHL playing regulars additionally at the trade deadline. However, one thing it forced Nashville is to play more top prospects, and that's giving opportunities to others. Tommy Novak, 15 goals, 38 points, 44 games played, highlights an organizational depth player that has fully grabbed his chance. However, check the receipts before the season began. I said Novak should be considered if Nashville wanted to go with a younger, speedier fourth line than fourth line plugs. Cody Glass, who has been with the team all season, has an elevated role. 13 goals, 31 points in 65 games played because he was healthy scratched in some games too. Prior to injury, Yuso Parsonen, 5 goals, 23 points as a rookie in 42 games played are a couple names that had opportunity this year. Philip Tomasino didn't, but now with 5 goals and 17 points in 24 games played, it's a point production equal to Cole Smith's 24 points in 69 games played. Luke Evangelista, 6 goals, 12 points in 17 games played, and Igor Afinasiev getting in 12 games played with the big club so far. That's all great development time in meaningful games with playoff implications on the line for all those forward prospects Nashville has. But it's no credit to head coach John Hines because it is because of the trades and the unforeseen injuries that forced the coach's hands to work with this lineup. Any success suggests he couldn't identify the value of Novak and Tomasino making the team at the start of the year along with Cody Glass. He also shouldn't be given any credit for getting player that was lost for nothing on the waiver wire, Ellie Tovalin, into the Nashville lineup so he wasn't put on waivers. New GM Barry Trotz should go in a new coach direction. That said, what has occurred is an attempted playoff push and an opportunity for young prospects to play meaningful games down the stretch that is especially of value. That is an ideal organizational development occurrence on both fronts for this Nashville seller team. 
Want a player development coach? Do what Arizona did and hire a highly regarded junior level coach such as Bear Andre Tournier. Top of my recommended list, I would put Western Hockey League junior coach Winnipeg Ice James Patrick as an ideal replacement for John Hines for new Nashville GM Barry Trotz to seriously consider. Consider it's a stacked Seattle Thunderbirds team in the Western Hockey League most talked about, yet former NHL D-man Patrick led the Winnipeg Ice to the Western Hockey League best 57-10-1 record in the regular season this year. Nashville's division head-to-head record, 8-10-4. Nashville's April schedule of eight games includes five versus Central Division teams, and that started Saturday at home with the win to Divisional St. Louis. Monday, Nashville is on the road in Divisional Dallas, then return home to play Vegas the next night Tuesday, host Carolina Thursday, and the key final Divisional game in Winnipeg Saturday in that head-to-head. After a road game in Calgary, also huge, then a divisional back-to-back for Nashville at home versus teams competing for top spot in the Central, Minnesota, and Colorado. The template for low-scoring games for Nashville to win will be tested in April after the St. Louis game. Really, it's only Winnipeg and Calgary, the direct teams Nashville is competing for this second wildcard spot with, that aren't scoring consistently at a good clip. The rest of the teams Nashville will face have the ability to drive offense and put up goals. That's the biggest challenge for an injured lineup in Nashville. Not getting into track meets with the more talent-filled rosters Nashville's going to have to face. Nashville's final seven games have four at home and three on the road. Nashville has the same regulation wins and overtime losses home and away. Having lost one more regulation game on the road this year than at home, having played one more to date away from home. Who Nashville plays, not where Nashville plays, being the point in telling you those stats. Nashville doesn't have the first tiebreaker advantage with Winnipeg. Nashville has four fewer regulation wins. For that reason, Nashville isn't really three points behind. They need to finish a point or more ahead of Winnipeg. Essentially, Nashville needs to make up four points with that one game in hand. The head-to-head versus Winnipeg massive, but a regulation win by either team could be in combo with a win over Calgary, the decider. Throwing flames on the two-horse Central Division race, Pacific Division Calgary. Calgary is a point up of Nashville with the Preds having a game in hand and one more game in Calgary head-to-head to play. Calgary and Nashville are equal in regulation wins headed into Sunday, April 2nd's NHL games, thus both four back on that first tiebreaker to Winnipeg that again requires finishing a point ahead of Winnipeg, not tied to the Jets, to get into the playoffs. Here's the Calgary key. They couldn't have an easier strength of remaining schedule. It's embarrassing as it includes such non-powerhouses as Anaheim, Chicago, Vancouver, and San Jose. Therefore, both Central Division teams need wins versus Calgary because Calgary very likely wins out. And adding wins over Winnipeg or Nashville additionally makes Calgary the likely playoff team. Except Calgary very well could lose to those below in the standing teams just as much as Calgary could win out. 
They've just been so inconsistent this year. Yes, I'm saying there's a chance, but Calgary dropping both head-to-heads to Central Division teams probably gets one of the Central teams in the playoffs instead. Also, both Winnipeg and Nashville finish against Divisional Minnesota and Colorado. If you see the top of the Central Division and have kept attention to it, it's unlikely that those teams will be resting players because they're playing for first in a division and the division title. Minnesota and Colorado's key players are going to be playing versus the divisional rivals. Had Minnesota or Colorado had the runway to rest some guys, they probably would have. But even if that were the case, again, based on the schedule, it would be true. They'd be rested for both games against Nashville and Winnipeg. The other scenario... Next up, Chicago GM Kyle Davidson's candy-ass mishandling of future Hall of Famer Patrick Kane. And we catch up post-All-Star break to some point on a near-point list to watch Chicago tank season on Central Division Hockey, the podcast. Thanks for listening.